0: Discussion about beer over beer by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much.
1: All right, hey y'all. It's five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton.
0: Oh, hi, I'm John Hall.
1: Hello, John Hall.
0: I'm, how, are you, my, how are you, my good man? I'm, I'm really well. I'm coming off of a week off, like an <gasps> actual vacation, which I haven't done in quite some time. So uh, this is a, a jarring return to reality of uh, the,
1: the five o'clock on monday out of my voice is not how you want it to return to reality
0: <laughs> we're you know it's that <laughs> y- y- you have that post vacation glow and then all of a sudden it's you know hey let's drink beers and you know all you of a sudden it's like it's like i never i never left
1: a rat a raspy sunday morning 20 boats last night i'll get and going ha do all the had a today <laughs> yeah out a, a boy um I was at my mother's annual Christmas party last night, which obviously I gave beers to and then drank them all. So, on um, me. Um,
0: you're so, that guy. You're that guy who brings the beer for quote unquote the party.
1: <laughs> right, and then you right. walk
0: around introducing yourself as the party.
1: That's exactly. Oh, I wish I'd thought of that. Oh, <laughs> fuck you, Hall. That would have been great last night. Uh, that would have been a good joke because everybody at this party, I mean, my mom's getting up there. Everybody at this party is septa octogenarian. So, you know, my mom's like, you can bring beer, right? I was like, sure. Grabbed a whole bunch of beer. Everybody there had one, and I had the rest. <laughs> <laughs> As well, they you tried
0: to have more, and you just stood by the cases growling at them. So well, you, got, you got to defend your wares. You're
1: <laughs> like the dragon with gold. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh currently everybody's here. It's a full staff for the first time in a
2: while. Hi Kennedy. Hi Cass. Yo. Hello, I got a co-producer today. Which one? Uh this is the boy.
1: Oh, very hey. nice. Oh. So Hello, the has Hannah has Hannah retired has Hannah retired to make room for Tim Hitchings, Sean? Is that what's going on here?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh the, the rule is uh the youngest kid out of the four of us gets that job so kennedy's the boy For has it really <laughs> just a, a another another couple of weeks yeah not only
1: a bit of time left in his tenure exactly um, anyway let's introduce today's accomplices. so max and zane of subversive welcome to steal this beer guys how are you
3: thank you Gosh. thank you We're yeah. hey guys
1: yeah yeah pretty good. Um, so, give us a rundown. So, the, this is like, I, I assume you guys have a very deep press department, maybe even of people formerly working for the New York Times, because this is the most notes I've ever gotten out of Justin Kennedy in eight years of doing this show. And the problem <laughs> is, my scattered brain and all the things I think have me going a hundred ways. So, why don't you guys give a kind of top down overview of all the things subversive does. And then I'll start asking you the questions I wanna ask you so we don't get so down malting or whatever that we don't do the big picture. So who (laughs) wants to give us a uh, elevator pitch on all the things you guys are doing up there in in the Catskills?
4: Uh, yeah, so we're in Catskill, New York, which, uh, funnily enough, uh, is not in the
1: Catskills. Uh, but no shit. of <laughs> the Catskills. Well, there you go. Whole Whole episode is sidetracked from first sentence. I'm never going to come back to this. Catskill, uh, New York is not in the Catskills?
4: No, a town of about 5,000 people. <laughs> so we're basically right across the river from Hudson, New York, which you guys are probably familiar with. Um, we're on the west side of the river, so we don't have that Amtrak line. So it's definitely a little less populous, a little more conservative, a uh, little little slower to sort of you know develop the way the Hudson Valley has the last decade or so, I would say. And we're we're both from Columbia County, and, and had originally planned to put the brewery on the Hudson side of the river, um, but you know Greene County got a big COVID bump as the whole area did. It's definitely a nice up and coming uh, area, and you know you are. 25 minutes down the mountain from Hunter, so you know we're we're at the foot of the Catskills. We're just um we're we're really nestled against the Hudson River. um Understood. But, can I ask?
1: Yeah, can we... I ask? A, can I ask a quick question? And if you don't know this, it's okay. But I kind of know this. The Kills suffix is like a Dutch word for river or something. So all these Kills yeah. in New York are are water, river, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's fine. Just wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about. Go on.
4: Yes. Um, yeah. So currently we um like our, our model now is is basically a pub model, 95% sold on site. Uh we have a, a kitchen, very small kitchen focused on smash burgers, chicken sandwiches, things like that that Ooh. we opened in January. Yeah. Um prior to that we had food trucks. Um, and we make hundred percent of our own malt on site, and we exclusively use New York grains and hops. Um, and at least sometimes on the grain side, we're pretty hyper local in our sourcing. Uh, it was was tough last year with the tough barley harvest. Um, but yeah, we kind of we've gotten going in, in a couple of stages, I guess, is how I put it. We uh, we started home brewing together in college. We won twenty five grand in startup capital about a month before we graduated. so the agreement we had was if if we won that, we were gonna try to make a go of it uh
0: wait was this an agreement between them? the two of you or an agreement yeah, yeah, with the yeah. people okay
4: no agreement between
3: the two of us and we were not like business school students it was a competition hosted by the business school um, we were you know the only non-business
4: majors um and we we ended up winning and, and we're just like oh okay and we could have split the money and run. Uh, that was, I was going to say,
0: I, I admire the hell out of that. Because at 22, if I had been, you know, given 12 and a half grand, I'd be like, I <laughs> can see it all later. It, it was yeah, John, it was, uh, John it was I don't a know of... if
1: you're paying attention to inflation, but 12 and a half grand buys nothing this week. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> that was the thing that we... Yeah, but this 20 years ago heard heard,
0: when I graduated. Heard, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah. It was like, it was enough to like, at that point, pull us into like, oh, maybe we can do this. And then it went like... <laughs> you know overnight basically yeah, yeah i we
4: feel were, like we i were feel like home brewers at that point definitely had gotten the bug um but it, it wasn't it wasn't like we had like seriously wrapped our minds around at that point what it was going to take to open a brewery whatsoever yeah. um and then we were like oh okay now we need to actually figure out how to
1: how to actually, yeah, no, trust yeah, me. And- Let me give you the first bit of advice. Find one of the people you beat in that competition and have <laughs> them look at the business because Augie Carton, you know, a, a dozen years into this business still doesn't understand where the money goes and what it does. And if all you're doing is writing recipes, you lose track quickly. So, so get one of those guys in. So let's, let's frame this in terms of that. Cause you guys really do what, what in every sense of the word is two different businesses entirely. One of brewing beer and one of sourcing um, cereal grains and malting them. So let me, let me try to, that's what
4: this business was, right? I mean, that's where we're sort of inspired by is
1: that like, yes,
4: in the modern context, you're right. But in a historical one, they were integrated processes that were usually done together.
1: I, I mean, I appreciate that, but we're talking old history like uh you're going deep to make that happen but let me ask let's frame it in terms of that that award 25 grand spent on a small brewery is a couple tanks what is it in a small malt business you know what i mean like like um what can you get to start your malting side of the business with 25 grand just you know what i mean because i think everybody can just jump on and look at all right so 25 grand buys you two fermenters or you know what i mean or so what does it buy you for malting
3: um well
1: you know we we have we have put in significantly oh yeah no i'm not i'm not thinking um, you started this whole business with 25 grand i'm just trying because what i know nothing about is malting so i'm interested in like could you start a small malting business for a hundred grand or is it half a million or is it a million like that carve out of your your world. What does twenty five grand buy you in the first bit of equipment? So it
3: kind of depends on how much you are going to physically work on and build the equipment. <clears throat> there okay. are small malting systems that you can buy for, you know, a half a million dollars that's plug and play. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs>
0: Fuck! Uh, <laughs> we
1: we we got.
0: huggy's um, next cool. phase has suddenly been dashed against the rocks. God damn
1: yeah. it! I need half a million dollars for tires and gas these days. <laughs> Fuck! Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> but we
4: we floor them all currently, at least, Uh and we and we built all our own equipment. Um, so we, yeah, we bought old dairy tanks and you know put in uh, false bottoms.
1: You just, you just you just you just a little John, Sierra Nevada action. You just you just I just heard John's entire lower body tighten. He was like, Oh my God, dairy tanks. We're back to things I used to write about.
4: (laughs) But well, the interesting thing, at least in New York that we've seen, right, there is this greater craft malt story. I think we can tell, uh, nationwide, but, but New York is one of the few States that tried to sort of jumpstart this industry by creating some incentives and special license classes and, and whatnot. Um, and, What's been interesting to see is we had, as a result of that, more malt houses than anywhere else in the country open in in a pretty short period of time. I think we were up to 13 at one point, and now we're back down to, don't quote me on this, but I think it's six or seven. Uh, And the folks who are still here, by and large, are the folks who bootstrapped it a little bit more. So I do see a parallel to this, you know, that Sierra uh, age of craft beer in in that regard. It was folks who didn't saddle themselves with, with too much debt. And sort of see this as an industry that was going to explode overnight but more saw it as i'm building a real business and i need to build customer relationships and, and once i establish that base then there's you know something something to grow i mean dennis at hudson valley mall uh he, he can't keep up right and he did things very similarly to us um and i love that story in new york that i see right now anyway i do think we're kind of getting to a maturity phase where maybe some folks, you know, not us, but some folks who are focused on selling malt to brewers are maybe in a position where they can take on that next phase of capital. But some people really thought this was going to be an explosion industry that hasn't been. Um,
3: and frankly, a lot of the growth that some of the malt houses have seen have been not in not in breweries buying, but distilleries have been a huge percentage of a lot of oh, interesting. the sort of really successful malt houses,
0: you know,
1: understood. Is, interesting. Is there, so wait i I'm, uh, I'm just
0: so, curious though about what's holding ahead. some of these places back when you're saying that you know, there's going to be like big explosions of things um you know people getting into it and thinking like oh wow, this is going to be a cash cow what has been a hurdle or two that's held them back from that? i so yeah
4: i mean i'm i'm thinking more you know five six seven years ago a couple of years after it was it was passed we had a lot of people put big investments in the farm brewery you know law. In, in yeah, after the farm brewery law which went into effect i think january 2013 um you know 2015 2016 2017 you had some some big investments happening i think part of it was people misreading the market i think part of it is you know it's it's not that easy to make good mall. um And especially back then, the barley quality was a lot more all over the place. I mean, I've I've heard a lot of horror stories that I don't know if we should necessarily delve into now as far as issues. That's literally what
0: we're here for. Yeah, no, you totally
4: (laughs) Uh, I mean, you know, (laughs) grain weevil infestations were some of the challenges I know a couple of folks had early on, right? If those grain weevils get inside your facility and you're not aware of them and you don't deal with them quickly, that might take over your entire store of (laughs) barley.
1: Can, uh, can does, you just it paint it the picture of what a grain weevil haze, is? Though. Well, wait, it contributes wonderfully to haze as long as you properly malt it. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. sorry. Saw an opportunity so a for a joke, John, out, I apologize. No, that, that's fine. That's, fine. that's usually my job, beans. but yeah. Yeah, a little extra protein. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Let's yeah. talk about haze stability. Mm-hmm. Once you roast a weevil.
4: Yeah, it's great.
1: <laughs> anyway, Yikes. go
4: on. Um, yeah, I mean, farmers... Right, growing a seed quality crop is really what you're doing on the farming side. So I've heard stories of of farmers the first couple of years trying to dry their barley in their corn dryer and not realizing they couldn't go over 100 degrees, uh, hitting it at 130, 140, and killing the germ on a perfectly, beautifully grown crop of malting barley. Yeah, and so So, you have a
3: lot of sort of like secondary things that um, you know. Storage is a a huge issue, Uh, combining, you know, small farms getting, kind of getting into it and then realizing that, oh, wait, everyone's harvesting at the same time. I don't have a combine. I can't
4: get it out of my fields. Yeah, the hop side, we've seen that be an issue too, right? Folks start small hop farms, but not other harvesters. Everybody's harvesting at the same time. There are, you know, the folks at Indian Ladder, there's some other folks who will run your hops through their their wolf harvester for, for you for a fee, but how many folks can they do that for when all these, you know, two, three, four, five acre farms are harvesting together at the same time. Um, So there is some, there's some economy of scale that's very necessary even when you're doing these things at a small scale, right? But but we have seen, I I think folks like, you know, Dennis at Hudson Valley Malt, at New York Craft Malt, us, uh, the folks at New York Hop Guild, um, all sort of figure out some measure of scale that makes sense while still being you know way way smaller than any of these pacific northwest uh businesses are um and that, that's that's the success story right Is like for every every difficulty or business that closed there's a business that is growing and successful in new york right now I would say,
1: yeah yeah, that's um I like that. so let let me yeah well i mean i think that's how so it's hard to go back to something you said very early. This is not unprecedented. So it's not new industry, especially in New York State, who was so good at all this shit 100 years ago or 150 years ago. Yeah. So it's bringing back a lost tradition, I guess. But you know, so so that's always going to have some people fall out at the beginning. But So as this goes for you, do you guys fully intend to, or do you currently use all of your malting capacity in your brewing? At some point, do you hope to be malting for other people? Um, or do you only, you know, get the grain you need to make your your beers malt it, and as you grow, that'll grow alongside that? Um, yeah, so initially,
3: our thought had really been to have the malt house kind of stand on its own and do you know, malt for other folks. Um, and right when we opened, we opened the malt house first, sold some malt. Uh, and then once we, once the brewery kind of really came online and we opened, we we just, we ate up every single pound of malt that we could produce. Um,
4: and The margins on pints over the bar, as you guys know, is, is it's a hell of a lot better. Margins better. on malt, they're not great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Understood. <laughs> uh,
3: so then it was like, it was very clear, like, okay, like grow the brewery and then the malting yeah. will scale with it. Um, and it is, it is, it has been a, a, a somewhat tricky sort of logistical thing. Cause all of a sudden you're thinking of scaling two two businesses at the same time that are connected and you can't really outstrip one or
1: the other. Um, yeah. I, I I will tell you, Only being responsible for, you know, some amount of of liquid production for tasting room and bars, I have trouble often forecasting what's needed when, and it's just as bad to have too much as too little and and it's Mm -hmm. a real, so I imagine adding a whole nother you know, it takes us this long to make this product too. So this must hit this date. So that can hit that date. That's got to be,
4: <laughs> we're getting better at it, but yeah, quite, quite a,
1: quite a thing. Yeah. to st- I mean, Jesus, I've been doing this a dozen years, as I said, and, and I'm still like, wait, how did April get so fucking busy? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. then, yeah. so that's that good on you, man. That's got to yeah, be fun. So when we talk about all this, though, sorry, just, just for reference, because how, how much beer, are you guys producing annually in barrels in um, this year?
3: So pretty modest. We're uh we're gonna be around four hundred this year.
1: Okay. Now, just to tie something to that, how many pounds of malt are required to produce that amount of finished liquid, give or take? Obviously, I I, I know you don't have your spreadsheets in front of you, but
0: roughly i was gonna say i'd be impressed if the excel was open to that page right now
1: <laughs> but i mean come on just tap 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 <laughs> but you know what i mean just rough feel like how much how many how do you measure malt is it by bag is it by pound is it by tonnage
4: we, we've done it a couple of different ways um what, what i was gonna say was we did just finish installing a uh, a grain bin outside the building so that's probably one of our biggest infrastructural investments we've we've put in thus far and we really have needed it for the last year so that's been one of the things that's sort of been holding us back from from scaling to that you know seven or eight hundred barrel a year sort of size that i don't think we'll get to in 2023 but probably 2024 um okay just because you need to keep this shit dry right and and we were shuffling super sacks around the inside of this 2400 square foot building that we've now put it you know, jesus four malt house a seven barrel brewery and a kitchen inside of look a, at you a bathroom so That's like just ran gonna... out of space and i was often for the last eight or ten months i was often you know getting barley sometimes from dennis at hudson valley malt because he's a half hour away and that way i could only get a couple sacks at a time and not be because i've lost sacks trying to leave them tarped outside um right right I mean, yeah in, obviously in late summer humidity um yep. last year when we got like rain for three weeks i lost like four thousand pounds that way Um, so yeah we've like really been the last eight months or so i think kind of just barely making it work on the volume side Um, so it's really exciting to now have this bulk storage we can buy you know enough grain for six or eight months at a time at our current capacity um so that's going to be a a huge game changer for us from the scheduling standpoint and all that
3: i'd say off the cuff uh probably for the the air volume we're doing it's to, what uh 15
2: 16 ton okay
3: somewhere in that, somewhere in that range
1: that's so that's yeah shit um, that's 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 a know, lot and, of work yeah it's and, a and lot it's a how big top. is your team
4: uh <laughs> Well, we do all the production ourselves. Except
0: production. Counting these two fish. guys, yeah. yeah.
4: Um, two. We recently yeah. hired
3: a uh, a production assistant, and he he's awesome. Uh, he splits time between the brewery and the malt house. Um,
1: wow! In about yeah. a year, give him my card. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: yeah. Wow! I mean, look, look at you, just like shamelessly poaching. Oh, I'm a predator. I'm a predator. Yeah. Clearly, it's funny. It's funny when you say it to the people, John. Anyway, I'm going to make everybody stop talking for one second because we've run right through the first glass. So, what brings us together on Seal This beer is a candid conversation of beer and what it's doing, not what we thought it would do. To facilitate that, we drink blind in the days of remote call-ins since COVID. Kennedy, my man, sources some beers, mails them around. Um, you guys have the beer, right, Max? Yes. Jane? Yep. Okay, good. Um, and it's obfuscated in artisanal foil with a big number one written on it? It is. Yeah. Um, and so what John and I do is we drink out of black glasses so we can't see color and get pushed around. Um, if you guys are drinking in clear glasses, just do us a favor. Don't tell us what you're seeing. If you're in coffee mugs or something, play right along. Um, first and foremost, this is a pint can. That's yeah. all I know about it. This does not taste like any beer I've ever had out of a pint can. This has a, a dignity and maturity of fermentation where I, I literally was like, like, I imagine these flavors in a 750. Is that, am I being too old man here, Hall? I, I don't know if you're being too old
0: man or maybe a little generous. Um, really?
1: because of the novelty of it yeah it tastes so vinous to me it tastes like you know what it tastes like is um peter's beers from colorado uh, uh peter brucard yeah right wow. it tastes to, it tastes to me like a belgian in america so it's a little little more tropical than i would associate with a european brewer which is why i say that sure um I mean, well, I'm
0: getting almost straight up tropical on this. I'm getting guava and passion fruit, um, but to me, both of those are coming off as plastic. Uh, really, it's got that. Uh, Maybe it was that, out of totes. That bent plastic uh, type of of a flavor on the very back end. It's 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 tangy. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, tangy,
1: like pineapple tangy.
0: Yeah, but uh, more so for me, like it's that it's that. Um, uh, that pineapple, you know, you know where they say like the acids in the pineapple are like actively trying to uh eat your flesh kind of thing. No, I do um, not know they say that. Hold sure. on. Everybody no, that, hit
1: pause. The fuck are you talking about, Hall?
0: There is there's the thing that, that <laughs> pineapple emits a like an enzyme um as a self-defense mechanism. I'm 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 like 70% sure I'm getting this right. Um, that it it tries to like dissolve the people who are eating it. Kennedy, back me up on this.
2: Yeah, I can't eat pineapple very often, John, because of that. Exactly because of the
0: fle- because of the flesh eating enzyme.
2: Yeah, it just burns my mouth.
0: Yeah, Pro- proving my theory that Kennedy is way too sensitive. Stop. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people who are allergic to pineapple, but anyway, um, but it's that it's tangy in that way for me. But it's that plasticky note. That I'm having a little bit of a tough time getting past, so that's why when you were saying uh, the elegance behind it, I was having a having a tough so, time. So, but...
1: so let me rephrase, and then we'll toss to the gentleman to see if they see what I'm trying about. But there's something in the fermentation that is Venice. I'm not talking about the fruit juices that was added. I get what you're saying there, but the it's it's not like somebody did this quick with lacto. This this feels to me like it was a proper. Controlled fermentation of real Britannomyces type. You know, I can't, I can't because the fruit's obscuring it, I can't tell if I think it's C or B. Mm-hmm. But there's a dryness, a zoniness to the fermentation that, and the fucking fruit juice feels like it was part of that fermentation. It doesn't feel like somebody was like, make it eight, water it down to three, slap a sticker on it in a margarita machine I will
0: I will agree <laughs> with you that the fruit juice is part of the fermentation profile
1: yes yeah. okay but guys it's time I need some brewers here Help me out
3: yeah I mean uh, like,
1: what do you what are you getting off this monster?
3: So initially when we cracked the can and I had it in the glasses I got a lot of that sort of really clean like lactic acid smell and then kind of threw that that dissipated and then it got some more of that sort of fruit.
4: Yeah, there, there's definitely a strong lactic presence. I I immediately got mixed firm off of it. Definitely get the degree there's threat in it. Uh it's got that Saisani dry finish like you were saying, Augie. Um I don't I i do, I'm not getting the Venice thing, at least to the degree you're talking about. And and I don't think it's got a ton of age on it, even though it is a uh, you know, it's got some age on it, but I, I, if the can too, I mean it might be can conditioned. Uh I it's got so spritzy. Yeah. That's one of the things
1: that's definitely sticking out to me. I like I spritzy. Spritz is a, nice a nice word.
3: I got I got some real acetic character kind of as it started warming, which, yeah. I, which I really like.
1: Yeah. I'm so a big acetic true. fan too. Um well, alright, so let's change conversation a little cuz I usually let So this beer's interesting to me, but I bet you when we unwrap it the can says fruited sour. And people's awareness of those words have moved so far that I'm almost worried this beer catches a little shit for not just tasting like whatever the fruits are. You know what I mean? Like like the fact that I think we're pretty sure there's pineapple in there Maybe. Um, based on John's sensitivity. But you know, but it's definitely not a history, pineapple yeah, beer, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's what I do.
4: It's, it's imbalanced. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's definitely there's other
4: stuff there's going other on there. No, no one, like... Things
1: like, no one thinks like, no one thing's like, oh my god, I am starfruit. You know what I mean? So, so I kind of that's the restraint I think I'm talking about. Okay. John, have you eaten a gooseberry
0: yet? I have. I have not had. I've been on vacation. Oh God.
1: One day I need you to taste of gooseberries so when i say it tastes like gooseberries you actually know what i'm talking about okay you you and, uh, <laughs> you
0: and jeff o'neill yeah <laughs>
1: anyway all right so where are we drinking this that's the next part boys we, we read a sentence for if this was in your cellar and you were over cherishing <clears throat> it or under cherishing it you could get a read you know we would give you a read on where it belongs and i think it belongs i don't know i feel like it's a mimosa type drink right i feel like it's a I know right now in real life, thieves. It's it's uh 11:30 on Sunday morning, so it is mimosa season. It but this mimosas. tastes this tastes like you took one of those like Tropicana multifruits from the breakfast bar at a Marriott and poured some prosecco in it. So,
0: <laughs> bon
1: boy, um, bon
0: boy. <laughs> this this is one of those beers for me where uh, I have a couple of friends who travel around to local breweries a lot more than I do and are always trying to drop off uh, uh, some fun finds. I feel like this is one that people would get excited about and drop off, and because I trust their opinions that I would open it up and be pleasantly surprised.
1: Yeah, because the words are definitely going to say fruit juice, smoothie, sour, and you're going to be like, <laughs> I fucking hate that beer, and then you're going to be like, oh, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Gentlemen, where would you drink this in your life experience? Over a malting floor? <laughs> uh, I definitely
4: get a hankering for like mixed firm saison like this. Uh, every every springtime in general, I'd say I tend to not drink a ton of them over the winter, um, just because I'm drinking maltier beers. So I, I feel like I would probably crack this on like the first or second unseasonably warm, you know, late April, early May day. Um, yeah,
3: on like a Thursday morning, you know, afternoon or something. Nice. you're just hanging out for
2: a little bit.
1: <laughs> All right, so Kennedy, my man, what the fuck are we drinking?
2: This is interesting uh, because you nailed a couple of things, Augie. I, and as much as John probably uh, hates for me to say it, this beer yeah. was originally released. It's a Firestone Walker Primal Elements. It's on. Okay. It's one of their, on. on. one of their uh, sour house. Uh, beers, and it was originally released in a 375. Of course it was. And,
1: Wait, is this a... Is this a... Uh, is this a uh, Jeffers? Jeffers. He's
2: yeah, been gone for a while. This is a Jeffers a beer. Is it? Um, that they have now started packaging in 16-ounce cans. Um, it's the only beer from the Barrel Works that they actually put in a, into a can. <clears throat> and it is... Uh, it's aged... It says between 24 and 36 months in oak. It has... Pineapple, mango, tangerine, and nectarine. But you're right. It, it is kind of branded like a an everyday uh, fruited Well, I've
1: opened it now, and it's in a carton orange can. So fuck you, Jeffers. <laughs> no, that's, um, much
0: more, that's much more pale. Also, he's been <laughs> gone for three years. Yeah, he's so not there anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he wasn't in the design meeting. So easy, fella.
1: Yeah, um, it's still his legacy, though. This is a, this is there's a, there's no, there's no fire, by the way. It's, it's pale orange. Yeah, it's basically peach colored. It's, yes. uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, it's orange.
2: Have we poured they, they're it in the any... New York market? Yeah, yeah, I got this uh, in New York City.
0: Yeah, go pounce on this, anybody it, who's wait, listening. Has
1: anybody looked at it in a clear glass? Is, no. is the liquid the color of the can? Hold on, I'll get a, i will get I see an
2: image on online that looks like it is about that color, yeah.
1: Hold on. I have clear glasses in my house. Just let me move my ass. Um here this one'll be fine. Uno momento per Pichieri.
4: Yeah.
0: It's
1: good radio. It's great but radio. Yeah, that, that's what they did. It's it's literally almost spot on the color of the liquid. Interesting. Well done. Um cool. Okay. So, yeah, but you know what I mean like So here's the thing. I don't see it saying so the writing is like little darker orange on lighter orange so I can't really read anything that Kennedy just told it says but it does say fruited sour ale and I yeah. I hope I hope the market that buys those words is coming around to these types of flavors cuz that's hopeful
2: Yeah this know is I mean? the the website uh, not from the can that I was reading
1: Okay yeah,
2: the can's
4: I, hard I, I'm hard the, the consumer who wouldn't hard buy hard hard this, hard. this because it says fruited
1: sour ale. I'm going to buy the I, shit out of it if I see it out there now. But like, I I'm don't. with you. I'm with you. I, when I see those words now, I'm just too nervous that it's going to have – what was that fucking beer you gave us, Kennedy, with the cotton candy syrup in it?
0: <laughs> that was fun.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Bought that beer. beer. But I also that wonder,
0: for yeah. the people who are driving that trend, the consumers who are driving that trend, where they see fruited sour and they're expecting – that cotton candy beer. Who gets this? I'm really wondering what their reaction is going to be. It, it, like, you know, is it one star now? All of a sudden on a, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, and pitchforks and torches outside of uh peasant robles. Like, it's it's one of those. Yeah, mm.
1: I love the way it smells. Yeah, I wish they I'm not getting this all those things bothered you guys. Yeah, me too. Um, hey cast, do me a favor while we move on we did a Jeffers takes acid tasting with him on the show. At some point was some version of this beer in that tasting. Check our untapped. Anyway, now let's get back to the show. So I- I'm sorry, guys. I hope you didn't come on here to pitch your new hazy IPA. Cause I <laughs> cannot, I cannot get off the idea of malting my own malts. Um, and it's weird. Like as a chef, I don't need to grow my own cows and slaughter them and do all that. You know what I mean? I don't need to have chickens in my backyard, although I think I'd like it. Um, but somehow as a brewer, the idea of being able to be like, no, I'll leave it 10 more minutes and we'll make that same beer again with a slightly more, you know what I mean? Like, like, I guess because malting is partially cooking, the idea of being able to just fuck around with my base ingredient every time, really turns me on how do you do you do that or do you resist that temptation for consistency or am i wrong and there really is no margin for no leave it another minute before you turn it kind of cooking
4: um a, a little bit of a little bit of all of the above i guess i would say um you know we we tried to at, at this point with our Core recipes. The changes we'll probably make in 2023 is starting to add. We have a lot of very simple recipes that are just pilsner malt and raw wheat or oats or flaked wheat or oats, um, because we were just you know playing catch up so constantly. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those core recipes, we'll start putting small percentages. You know, we already have to some extent, but increasingly, we'll probably start putting small percentages of like Vienna in and stuff like that, just to give it another little layer of, of complexity. Um, at this point, you know, on our, on our Pilsner base malt, we're pretty dialed in as far as how often we turn it or, you know, uh, times and temperatures for, for our pit kilning process. Like that's not going to change majorly anytime soon. Um, getting more consistent temperature inside the, the malting room has been a challenge at times. So that's probably where we've seen the most variation is just germination temperature. Um, and that's something you're always dealing with as a floor maltster, even even at some measure of scale. Um, so you have to sometimes, you know, based on ambient temperatures, turn it more often.
3: Uh, and for a long time, we we were pretty limited on the equipment we had on the malting side. Um, so we're limited. We had been somewhat limited in, in the malts that we could produce. So a lot of the brewing side of things was, okay, given these sort of base ingredients, how far away can we push beers from each other? Um, You know, uh, Um, so we can play with, um, you know, brewing process, yeast, hops, and and see if we can get two beers that essentially have very, very similar ingredients really far apart from one another. Um, And that was a really interesting uh, challenge um, that was that was really really fun, and now as we're kind of like increasing our capacity on the malt side, now there's even more levers and switches that we can kind of pull and and tweak and see. Okay, well now we can really kind of push this this direction.
4: Yeah, I mean my my first time making uh, Munich malt, I uh, I way overshot on the the stewing stage, um, so we ended up with like it was really freaking really dark, almost. Like the lab told me, it was almost like a ruby kiln caramel malt. Um, so we still Ooh. had to brew with that and make it work. And it was it was awesome. It was super.
0: I was going to
1: say, I- you know, it's you know, it's funny. Is I don't want to get off this topic, but I got to throw. I feel like if you still have that malt, you should make whatever's in glass too with that malt. <laughs> um, but anyway, so so all right. So let me let me ask a question to, to frame this up. I guess just for myself, but I hope the thieves are thinking what I'm thinking, since it's part of my job to pretend I know. Um, If your floor is covered in malt at whatever the right depth is for whatever the right everything is, and it all works out perfectly, how many times does that amount of malt fill your mash ton for your average 5% beer?
3: Um, So basically twice. Okay.
1: So there is a lot of ability to pivot here. You could... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do you every brew. You could be like, all right, that that's 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 definitely cool. Um, uh, but I'm sure Jesus, if you have to fully malt something every day to brew, that's that's a lot of work. Good on you guys. I like this commitment. Yeah. Um, next question. So I've got a new obsession. I know this show exists for a long time and a lot of people are aware of it, but I just became aware of this show, Forged in Fire, where it's like a comp competitive old school knife making show. Is that on Netflix? Uh, so it showed up on Netflix. So I was I did a French trip and I saw on a French channel a show where the people were clearly speaking English, but it was overdubbed in French and subtitled in French. And there was just a lot of fire on it. And I came home, said to my <laughs> said to my 15 year old, it's like, I think there's a show we need to find. Just go to Netflix and put in knife making. And this Forged and Fire show came up, and we watched season eight. And we're in love with it. But the reason, I, the reason I bring it up is to go back to this malting question. So now that I've watched, literally, I've been silly binging it. I've watched like 400 of them. This is a thing, I guess, like anything else, the, the binge thought has brought to us. There's people, little pockets of people all of America making their own blades. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know that. And I'm fascinated by when, because basically the gimmick of the show is they come in, they do a competition, then they get to ho- get to go home and make blades. And this is the roundabout way to the equipment you are malting on. There's guys doing it with a really nice setup in their backyard where they have a good forge and a good hammer and a good da-da-da. And there's guys still doing it like it's 1400s blacksmithing with like coal and a hand-cranked fan and, you know, the world's heaviest sledgehammer. And they all kind of end up with cool-ass knives in the same mount. So I guess what I'm asking is as you pick your malting products and you're kind of sticking to the idea of the authenticity of these two things going hand-in-hand hand for years and a traditional process, how how varied is the equipment you can select from for this is how they did it in the 1700s in the Hudson Valley, and this is how they do it today in Idaho at Cargill. You know what I mean? Like, is there a path you choose that you end up sticking on from what you choose now, or can you pivot every time with a different piece of equipment?
3: Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So there's not a gigantic range of equipment that's easily available on the malting side of things. Like, you know, on, on the brewing side of things, there's huge ranges of equipment, top to bottom. Oh yeah, you can get, you know, a cheap keg washer. You can get a midsize. You can get something that's, you know, fills, washes, you know, whatever you hell, want. To hell, hell,
1: you can use a dairy tank or a conical. Ex-
3: yeah, exactly.
1: Um,
3: <laughs> on the malting side, the small scale industry hasn't isn't really there
4: to. There's not enough crazy people like us, right? Like the, the way there are crazy people trying to start two to four or five barrel breweries, right? Like that's right. the reality. So the yeah. market doesn't exist. Yeah. The you know, no no one's going and saying, okay, well,
3: if we engineer this this nice piece of malting equipment, we'll have a market. It'll be a national market. We can sell, you know, X amount of units and, and make a business work. Um, you know, the the real market is, you know, large scale malt houses, um, you know, but those are all uh, you know built right. into etc. Um, there are some smaller scale systems. They tend to be wildly expensive. And the ROI. Yeah, you know, no one. There's not a lot of people who have figured out how to make, you know, a $3 million investment. in A, a few ton system really work. This make.
0: sounds like your next angel investor.
1: Oh, my. Oh, my uh, God. Like, <laughs> how, how can I miss this way to go broke? <laughs> But I mean, um,
4: uh, I'm pretty sure Hillary at Rabbit Hills built a lot of her equipment, right? I mean, we haven't seen her in years now, but... Uh,
1: she's Hil- But Hillary's an amazing anomaly. You can't build a business plan on Hillary. Nobody hustles like Hillary. Nobody, like, Hillary's never not moving. Like, yeah, 100%, 100%. like, even the most driven people in the world don't have Hillary's drive. So I would never tell anybody. I would talk to people who want to go into malting about, Hillary giving them expertise and insights, but as far as work ethic goes, you are not going to. No one's going to pick up her work ethic. She's an amazing woman, um, but she makes great malt using it this week. Anyway, um, I love all that. So, so as we go into glass two, because we've been chatting away, um, as we go into glass two, I guess my next question is: so one of the most horrible things about this year for carton brewing, and I think everybody I've talked to was that one of the parts of the global slowdown slash war in Ukraine was our base malts went up 60%. Have you guys been protected from that by being in control of a couple more steps to this process or has just the move in grain globally affected the move in grain New York State kind of thing? You know I mean? like, yes. is, there, is there any indemnity from that ridiculous bit of kind of criminally predatory you know
3: talk, talk oh well, there's, there's a war better. so yeah yeah i mean i like to some extent yes like we've we've been insulated from a lot um you know barley prices do fluctuate i mean
4: obviously like you know yeah
1: but we sure, all like, we all know we all know this was profiteering yeah. the, uh, big, like, the
4: biggest thing that's made are, <laughs> like i'm about to fill the silo for the first time and and i I have to wrap my mind around where the market is a little bit more before we do that. But the biggest thing we've seen in New York over the last year is feed prices have gone up enough for, for feed barley that that's driving the market up.
1: Understood. Uh, and that's okay. driven
4: in part by Ukraine, but there's a lot of multiple factors at play there is my understanding. But it used to be that if you, if you grew malting barley and it didn't make grade, you were getting a third of what you would selling that to the feed market. And once that bottom
3: starts coming up, you know the metrics for
4: farmers really change. Yeah. So now yeah. it's close. now the prices are close enough that some folks said, "Why would I bother growing malt and barley?" You know. Yeah. So that's. You know, I don't
3: have to baby it. I can just grow it and get actually a, a pretty decent price. I mean, you, you know, the other thing that really, I mean, it affects us like it affects everyone else is, you know, freight, trucking, all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But you know right. what I'm saying. So actually, you may not know what I'm saying since you don't buy. Malt from the criminally large people, but literally, the we'll war was the the emails. yeah. So, war <laughs> was declared yeah. so, so, yeah, in mean, so, so Ukraine. Criminals. We get rice hulls from those guys, so you okay. know, we do see the so prices. you get the emails. Yeah, we but you, did you get the email in February that said, Hey, we hear there's a war in Ukraine tomorrow, yeah. everything's 60% more expensive for yeah. the rest of time? Yeah, like yeah, there, there's I mean, no way that math was doable that day. And they're like, nope, we're just going to fucking railroad you guys because we think shit might get expensive this summer, um, which is frustrating. And I, well, I like and the then, idea that there may be a way out of it.
3: One of them backtracked some price increases after some uh, some outrage, and then they and push kind of back. went back up.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, they, they've done nothing. They're just horrible people. Like, just fucking horrible <laughs> but uh i can't just... i
0: can't wait for you to get your next bill after they listen to this yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah right so yeah. No for you ever. Again. oh you What's mean the fuck thing? you tax yeah
2: <laughs>
1: well that's why i'm not saying the actual company name um because i believe they would that's how they're acting but it's you know how people like you know oil prices i'm like you should see what they did in grain you think they took advantage of this for gasoline Anyway, um, all right, so let's talk about beer two and kind of. Can we? Because this is. Put too fine a point, right? Yeah. So, Kennedy, do you know the story of my local store not having somebody on the floor?
0: Oh God, yes. We've talked about this multiple times. Okay.
1: <laughs> I believe this is one of the beers I bought that day. Oh. You went old mostly, school. Mostly because of bottle shape. Kennedy obfuscated the top, which I think would be very telling. Okay. But I see the bottle shape. I taste the beautiful dried yeah. fruits and you know. Yeah. This is one of those this is one of
0: those beers that I remember Oh, there's the banana and the fucking clove yeah. and
1: the just nice with some with some oh it's so fucking I don't remember
0: when it was that I was at your house, but we had a conversation about quads and trying to oh. unlock the four ingredients and
1: make a magic. Yeah. Believe it and or I not. That, that you, was for your yeah. podcast. You save all the was good it? conversations for your podcast.
0: I I really do. You I remember, really when, you do. Sat, Sorry, remember guys. when
1: you sat down in my house and I opened a bottle of champagne for you. and We had a lovely chat. Yeah, I that wasn't this that. show. That wasn't. I this do show. remember that. <laughs>
0: uh, I think that was episode 11 of drink beer. Think beer for people who want to go way, way back in the, in the way back machine. Um, I don't know. This is one of those beers that it's uh yeah
1: yeah Do you remember so there was an episode at um all right Kennedy put on your thinking cap there was an episode in Jersey City at uh Barcade a bar owner from the West Side of New York showed up and he brought Vesterlaven and we just sat there talking about all the things it was doing and all the things that might have been put into it and how lovely it was and how refined and how dignified it was and blah, 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 blah. And at the time, I guess we were on the uptick of adding shit to beer that doesn't belong because you and I kept listing things we tasted as if they'd been added. And then the beer was revealed as being Westy and we were like, oh, I guess that all makes sense. This feels... but this has like yeah, that, like every time I taste it, it's just shades of dried fruit and roasted sugars. Yeah, but never like sweet, but never that, sweet. It was Dan McLaughlin of the Pony Bar, oh, and it Big was Big dressed Daddy? West and it was Westy Twelve. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, this isn't right, that, before we go this too like far that. down
0: memory lane and everything. I do want to hear from Zane and Max on.
1: Yeah, on absolutely, the, like, absolutely. Yeah. I just want to put in context what's going on here, right? Because there's, it's almost like like it could be a Thomas Hardy barley wine for that that... It's Belgian. No, it's, some, treacly it's, some Belgian sweetness. It's, it's OG Belgian. Oh, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is the sweetness in this one and the way it's showing at least warm in my glass is walking right up to Werther's and then drying the fuck out, which makes it Belgian, not British. But yeah, still, there's so, all of that that Maillard roasty fucking malt, you know, malt slash banana fermentation. That is yeah, just I, mean, I, I get gorgeous. like...
3: You know, drinking it, it's just like, okay, this is some sort of, like, Trappist, you know, yeah. experience.
0: But yeah. in that, I mean, in that... Yeah, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you got that sort of, like, real
4: boozy. It's yeah, it's so very, warm, yeah. it's very boozy.
1: Oh, thank God it's in a small bottle, Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel I like I should the be 19. able to name this, it's this. Been, <laughs> been
4: too long since I've drank whatever it is. That's yeah. The, so, yeah
1: that's definitely where where i want to bring this bottle's conversation right so i'm planning this summer and i'm feeling like i need to make a belgian white or something right like there's th- there's that aspect of when we all started brewing where it was you know i can make very good beer cost effectively that is fun to drink and interesting and complex and all this um in an observance of tradition and it's been a fun decade of how can we fuck around with this but all the beers that have been bringing me the most peace in this last six months have been man you can do a lot of shit with some skill and four ingredients and that's kind of bringing me back to we need more triples and more doppel box and more whites and more pales and more ambers you know what i mean
4: yeah
3: I, yeah i think yeah 100%. I think we both agree all yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's like, I mean, this is like the beer that, you know, you had when you're kind of thinking about, you know, like early stages, like getting oh, yeah. it up. I and mean, you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is what's possible with.
1: Yeah. You just got to be good at it though. And that's mm-hmm. the nice part about wheat and citrus. It lets you, lets you skip that step. um
0: Keep going man, back to that, to that warm, baked sugar thing and there is a
1: right i want to keep i I, even for this style it's a little little caramely it is
0: but it it's it's like a savory sweetness like there is it it, there's uh, i am i'm stunned by this one and it's it's like it's like a and it's a beer that i have probably had multiple dozens of times but not for years and mm -hmm. this is Again, one of those great reminders of you know you walking through the liquor store and picking up stuff, but also just the building blocks of beer, and going back and appreciating things that the industry is based on now, of you know what's been around for a hundred years plus. You know, it's it's
1: oh yeah, God, there's there's and, real
0: skill in this beer.
1: So if I was to describe the flavor, like. I think that the best I can get my head around in this and the problem is especially like that, like that Westie story, it keeps moving every time I sip it. But it's yeah. like, if you took a Christmas, like that shitty bullshit Christmas cake, everybody's mad at and took the red and green cherries out of it and just made a it like cake. people. Um, but you know what I mean? Mine like without, people. without any of that sugary sweet, candy fruit flavor, but all those kind of spices and sugars and it's, it, oh man, it's gorgeous. Anyway, should I tell you what it is or should we let Kennedy open What do you pocket? think it is, Augie? I think it's 10. Yep. <clears throat> <laughs> to be fair, in my defense, I drank one of these two weeks ago because of you, Kennedy, and made it a fucking story for the show 10 times. And what's funny is, hold on, I will show you, oh, I can't, we can't go live video, but hold on, I will show you Ready? Hold on. Let's turn on the video. Uh, so over there is my bottle on the table. And then out there is the bottle from last week sitting on the counter. And I bet you if I open it, that bottle on the table is going to taste just like that bottle sitting on the counter.
0: Oh, sure. Kennedy and you shop <laughs> at the same places. So.
2: <laughs> anyway, yeah, I am I right? And I was like, oh, yeah, that beer. And then I was like, ah, oh, I should send that. They might get that it's... the bottle, But it's, it's... Do you have one, though? Uh, no, I, I, I didn't buy one for myself. You fucked up. Dude. Kennedy, it is Kennedy such a good come on, beer. treat
1: Kennedy, yourself, man. Yours... We don't have
0: money for that. Of course yours we do. Tastes,
1: yours tastes, like this one, no shit, tastes, and obviously I'm sure my store had an old bottle on the shelf because people aren't buying this beer like they should. But your yours, the, the, the sweetness in this bottle versus the one I drank last week is, like I said, it's a lot more Thomas Hardy than the last one. Anyway, this is awesome. Hey guys, I want to thank you for coming on the show and talking to us about malt. I'm sorry we didn't talk about brewing at all. Uh, is there is, that's there, okay. anything, yeah, that's <laughs>
2: okay.
1: is there anything uh, anything you guys want to promote in your tasting room? Do you have a new culture or a new alt beer we should talk about? Or did you ever use that ruby malt? Um, we did use. We're we, yeah, we're out of out of the beer yeah. we made with that. Uh, yeah, that was a fun
4: long time ago, but. Yeah, we um, did, a,
3: did a pale ale, had a
1: shitload of that in it. it was that's gorgeous. fun. Now now that you've tasted 10 again, don't you wish you'd pitched our dens and see what
4: happened? <laughs> oh, man, it's a delicious beer.
1: It really <laughs> so is. So fucking yeah. good. Yeah, so Zane, Zane good. actually looked
4: at me right when we cracked it and bowed <laughs> Rochefort, and I thought it was something a little, uh, a little lower in ABV. Uh, yeah. Like have...
1: like I said, the bottle, <laughs> that's the problem with foil-covered bottles, right? I smelled the figs. I looked at the bottles like, oh, it's 10. No, um, I mean, they, I don't if if they, know if that would
3: have worked. And just, like, keep opening Belgian stuff
1: all day. Yep. Like... So that's the story you haven't heard. I won't retell because we said it on the show. But Kennedy sent us, like, four, on a Sunday, like, four neat fermentation-driven things. And I went right to my store to buy any Belgian I could find. And all I could find was 6, eight, ten and so that that's what i drank te- yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: and i got the live text Belgian message play by play which was it's always valley funny.
4: nowadays i gotta say it's uh yeah it's it was one of our first loves we went to belgium back in 2017 and i think it really like solidified what we wanted yeah. to do and when i walk into a store that still has a good import section these days it's like it's one of the few things that makes me feel the love for craft beer i think we all felt you know eight seven eight years ago um when the industry felt fresher and newer still um yeah so, yeah this is beautiful yeah
0: a hundred percent agreed um so All people right, should so... come and visit you in Catskill which is not in the Catskills it's <laughs> yeah well, the right Cats- off
4: 87 uh we're you know a 10 minute ride from the uh the Amtrak station in Hudson too so we're we're pretty accessible that's uh, great if you're, if you're going up to Hunter or anything we're we're on the way uh, stop off and see us have a burger is cool.
1: tap new york no longer ad hunter do i yeah i know right?
4: that's correct. a fucking shame yeah they, they all they all bought it a couple of years ago and uh they don't want to do outside events anymore i guess yeah is the deal
0: yeah they, no Vale. Vale uh, is no is longer now? fun that, that uh, what's
1: Vale? i don't know what Vale is it's a big they're colorado the... ski company yeah, oh, they're I, the they ones... brought Hunter. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 I yeah, thought yeah. we were talking about the brand Tap New York. No, and I was like, huh? <laughs> no, they <laughs> bought Hunter Mountain.
0: Oh, fuck them. Yeah. It's also yeah. where big beers, Belgians, and barley wines used to be. And then they're like, nah, it's okay. So then we moved to Breckenridge. Breckenridge is fun enough. Breckenridge is um, fun, but yeah.
1: But so, speak. All right, way to way to stitch it all back together, man. Small <laughs> maltsters, small maltsters <laughs> making interesting malt yeast driven beers. That end up at things like Belgians, big beers, and blah, blah 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 is what we're all here for. So let's get back to that, thieves. Go to your fucking local store and be like, hey, do you have a 10? Grab three of them, go home, put on some cool ass <laughs> fucking jazz and drink your three tens. <laughs> Wake up on Tuesday. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So so we did we did that part. We well, will get up to see you guys soon. So I'm gonna say it is Brian Cass. Week. Catskill foothills of the Catskills is where people got to go, and drink your beers. Cass, yo, do, you, do your best, buddy. Yeah, um,
0: send us some letters. You know, it's the end of the year here. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Write us about you know your pineapple allergies and any Belgian beers you like. Uh, at steal this beer podcast at gmail.com. Follow yeah. us on all social medias at steal this beer. That's the Fache Libra. That's the Twitter. That's the gram. Uh Untapped see what we are drinking over there and then patreons we guys thank you guys so much for all your donations they go a long way to help us get beers out to our guests so we can have a conversation if you'd like to donate that's patreon.com slash steal this beer the best nation the best nation yeah. is donation i'm, I'm gonna yeah. say that i really like that Cass brought up that it's the end of the year so from now until i guess for the next two weeks kennedy santa my man or is it is it is it Kennedy Claus, my man? Kennedy Claus, I think. Kennedy Claus, my man. And then tell us what you want for steal this
1: beer Christmas. Yeah, that's a good one. And um, and uh, hey, did you sell that last glass out of your cellar after your big heavy, Kennedy? How many orders came Monday in push? after my after <laughs> my just?
2: So Hall my, was on vacation all week. He handles all the merch, shipping it out anyway. Uh, we I gently more-
0: caress every glass before it goes into the USPS box.
2: We got, we got Not more the orders. sales
1: point you think it is.
2: <laughs>
0: <We got> more- <laughs> listen, listen. Yeah. Don't pull the curtain back too much, man. All right, you know, like, like, give me the little dignity of the privacy that I want in my own basement. Anyway, no. What? How many? How many orders came in?
2: Uh, more than we've had in months, so yeah, thank you all guys. Right. Hey, thank you, man.
1: thank you, thank thieves. you, Tim Hitchings. I got a bunch of emails <laughs> to
2: send you uh, tomorrow, John, and uh, you got a bunch of work to do. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> can't can't wait, oh, wow. and I want to do it even more. So, uh, well, John, come down out. if
2: you want to stock up
1: on stickers. Um, hey guys, if you want to send John some stickers, he'll put them in our outgoing mail. There's so many stickers in our outgoing mail. <laughs> um, all right, and uh, so yeah, that's a good point. So we still are avoiding being slurped up by by people trying to pay us to say things they want us to say, and we do that because this show is brought to you by you. So Miller, thank you, Patreons. We thank you. We don't you play people. that shit. We don't play that shit. Right, you easy, can't fellas. make you can't make Augie Carton say that Miller Lite tastes good for any amount of money. Anyway, um <laughs> Anyway, thanks, you I love that you think that it's Miller Lite is calling us for advertising. Oh, they but, yeah. want it so bad. Are you kidding? Good Beer Hut. What's the one that got bought? Rape Beer? They just, Same they thing. just got it Rape beer. Same yeah. thing. Same thing. <laughs> um. All right. Anyway, okay. get at us, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers.